everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today is going to be an open, honest, vulnerable cry of my heart, if you will. From me, somebody who has grown up as an evangelical, to my evangelical church. I am back in my sunroom. It's not quite as chilly today as it was last time I was talking to you. I think it's 45 degrees outside, so I'm not seeing steam from my voice, which is a good thing. I am still wearing my winter coat, and I'm still bundled in a blanket, and I still have a cup of hot coffee. But it's good. I'm pretty comfortable today. And the sound quality, you guys, was so much better last week than the weeks before that as I was trying to deal with my echoey house. So till further notice, I shall be sitting here among my boxes in my cold sunroom talking to you. Guys, today's going to be not exactly sure where we're going to end up. I have a burden on my heart. (laughs) There is a message, I guess, stirring in my soul. I'm just broken about some things. And so I guess consider this an open dialogue to my church, my evangelical church across America, people who consider themselves evangelicals. I think it might be prophetic, not in like the, ooh, I can see the future kind of a way, but in the uncomfortable truth that the prophets like to share. So think of it that way, maybe. Anyway, this morning I was reading and I thought I was in Luke because I've been in Luke for a long time. And so then when it reminded me this at church today, as I was listening to the message of something that I had read, I went back to Luke to find it and it wasn't there. And I was like, wait, where was I actually reading? Come to find out I was in Mark. So don't know how I got there. But today's (laughs) podcast is going to kind of come to us from the book of Mark. And guys, Jesus was confronting the Pharisees again. And he was telling them in Mark chapter 7 that they had more love for their own traditions of men, the things that they had come up with over the years, their rabbinical teachings, that they had exalted these traditions far more than the commandment of God. And in the ESV, it says specifically, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And guys, it broke me because I see the evangelical church, evangelical Christians, as modern-day Pharisees. Guys, we have gotten so good at knowing the things and following the traditions and doing the stuff and making sure everybody else also does the stuff that we are missing the commandment. And I'm very certain that if Jesus was here with us today, we would miss him. And I'm not okay with that. I'm broken about that. If you guys know my story, you know that I grew up in a Christian cult. I spent the entire decade of the 1990s caught up in a Christian cult where we followed very strict rules. We isolated from normal society. We had standards. We had expectations. And guys, they were all (laughs) extreme versions of things that are still within a good chunk of the evangelical church. I think that's what just breaks my heart the most is like, I've been there, done that, and I've escaped that. And like, wait, how am I here again? I hate what we've become. I hate the behavior and the religion. I hate the way that everything is just so fixated on tradition. And as I was thinking about this passage in Mark, and I was like, 
it's interesting to me that Jesus used a singular word there, that you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And I thought to myself instantly, like, what is the commandment of God? And it made me think of the verses in Matthew and in Mark, Mark 12 and Matthew 22, where somebody comes to Jesus and says to him, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Like, we have so many commandments, Jesus. What's the greatest one? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything else in the law can be followed by following these two commandments. Oh, guys, there's so much brokenness. I'm devastated by the way people in the LGBTQI community are being treated. It happens all the time, but I just heard of another person who came out as non-binary, that they don't feel like they're a male or a female, doesn't really fit them. They change their pronouns to they. And they were rejected by their church, by Christian friends, like shunned, cut off. Is that loving God and loving people? I don't think so. And in zeal for, I don't even know what, righteousness, holiness, like what, what is motivating this just lack of love towards the LGBTQI community? I don't know, but there is just awfulness that's happening. Instead of being willing to like listen and learn and understand where people are coming from and understand what their experiences are. It's just like, no, we're going to cut you off because you're a sinner. I mean, like, like you're not a sinner. Guys, that breaks my heart. I'm broken by that. I am broken by the way people can become so zealous for morality and politics that they just buy into all this misinformation and decide these things that are not biblical. Like God God's going to make America his nation. Like, no, no. It is not our job to create this moral utopian society where everybody believes what we think they should believe and does the things that we think they should do. Absolutely not. No. The latest one that's killing me right now is this whole idea of declaring war on people who are deconstructing their faith. And it's everywhere. Like, it was everywhere last week. It's even more everywhere now. Christianity Today is writing all kinds of articles on deconstruction. Like, everybody's talking about deconstruction. And like everything else in our fantastic society we live in, it's very polarized. So nobody can just have like a middle ground understanding of what deconstruction is. No, we must either be all about deconstructing and deconverting and letting us do our own progressive thing or declaring war on it and calling it a false religion. As I said before, we deconstruct because we've got things to deconstruct. There is a lot of things that have been added to our experience as evangelical Christians in America that are extras, that are not actually biblical, that are indeed the traditions of men. And as you dig into scripture for yourselves, you discover, wait a minute, I don't think that's actually what I believe anymore. Guys, I think that behind this desire to declare war on things and this desire to reject and shun and whatever else is fear. And my heart breaks for those of people who are stuck in this evangelical Christian mindset that are just trapped by fear, who are so afraid of what might happen if they too begin to question, or who are so afraid of, I don't know, I don't know what it is you're afraid of, but my heart breaks for that because God is not a God of fear. He specifically has said over and over again that that he's a God of love and that perfect love casts out fear and that there is no fear in love. And yet so much of this 
is misinformation that's spread. It's traditions of men that's being spread around, taught on social media or blogs or YouTube or whatever else. Things that have been taught in seminary and in different places that people are just assuming is true because they've heard it from this pastor or this professor or this book or whatever. And so much of it is misinformation. It's traditions. And so many of us, guys, I know you're out there because you're listening to this podcast right now. So many of us are wondering, gosh, there's got to be more than this. Like, is this really who Jesus was? And then as we dig into scripture for ourselves, we start to question and we say, I don't, I don't think I believe that anymore. And there's pride. There's a desire to be right. There's a desire to not want to be condemned ourselves. And it's not a healthy place to be. The message today at church was about the woman caught in adultery from John 8 and how Jesus responded to her completely different than the religious leaders expected him to and how that just made everything awkward for them and how in the end they had to just walk away and not condemn her because they realized that they also were condemned. Jesus was like the great deconstructor. He took their religious beliefs, their expectations, and he turned them on their heads. Like he was not what they expected God to be like because they had fashioned God in their own image and God was like them. But here was God in front of them and he was so terrible to the point that they were calling him demon possessed and saying that he was doing his miracles by the power of the devil. And he's God, the real God. Guys, I think there's this fear that if I start to question some of these things, what if I just completely fall away? And there are a lot of people out there who have deconverted after they deconstructed. So they started taking apart the the things of the faith and they said, this doesn't make sense to anymore. I don't don't understand this. I'm not going to believe this anymore. I don't think I can accept this. And they deconvert. I had a woman reach out to me recently and said that, you know, her brother had deconverted all the way to being an atheist. And It terrified her because she felt herself going through some of the same things and wondering, is any of this really true? And that it encouraged her to realize that I didn't think that you had to deconvert after just deconstructing. So I think there is fear. I think people are afraid. Like if I start to question this stuff too, what if I fall away? But the truth of the matter is we can question and doubt and wonder and be a healthy person who doesn't leave Jesus. And I really do think that many of these people who have left the Christian faith they experienced are people who never actually met Jesus, that never actually experienced his grace in their lives. But you think about Jesus and his disciples, like Judas followed him around for three and a half years and then was totally cool with betraying him. Guys, this is reality. This is reality. And I see this movement, this deconstruction, this rethinking of things as being a beautiful thing that's happening. The Holy Spirit is being evolved with. He's making us rethink and reimagine and rewonder and really start to just question and doubt some of these extra things that we've put into our religious experience. This is a fantastic thing. We do not have to be afraid of this. We do not need to be afraid of our questions or afraid of our doubts. Like we just lean into them. Because if we are truly seeking to find Jesus and to find who God is and to find out what truth is, we will find it. And so my only concern is, like I said before, I really hope people aren't going to automatically assume that I'm just going to throw away all this and I'm going to just lean on my own understanding to discover what the truth is. I really think we have to be willing to 
admit that there is a very real God who can be found, who wants to be found. And we lean into that with that in mind, not so much like I'm going to figure out what I think is true, but I'm going to figure out who this God is and if he's real and what that really means for me. But to be willing to accept that I'm not the end all be all, that I don't have all the answers and that there might be some things that I really can't understand. When I think about Jesus and his interactions with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, he, <laughs> he asked them some really uncomfortable questions. And he was not opposed to getting in their face and really just making them think, making them wonder. He was definitely deconstructing their religious status quo. Like he took it apart. And which is one of the reasons that they were just so like insecure around him. And they were just so threatened by him is because he was just saying, no, none of this is really real. None of this is really true. And that same Jesus is here with us today, helping us through this. He wants to help us to find the truth. He wants to help us find himself. I believe that. But we're not going to get there if we're not willing to wonder and to question. If we're going to so quickly declare war on people who are deconstructing, if we're so quick to oppose people who are not like us, that we don't understand things, we're going to reject and we're going to shun and we're going to run away and we're going to hide and we're going to keep ourselves safe and we're only going to surround ourselves with people who think like us. Like We're never going to find truth that way. We have to lean in to welcome tension and paradox, to welcome those questions and to take time to really discover what the answer is. Guys, I've been through multiple different times in my life where there was like seasons of deconstruction and I didn't even know what it was at the time, but there was things that happened where I was like, wait, is, is any of this really real? Like that didn't go as planned. That formula didn't happen, especially in the beginning as I was getting out of my cult. Like as things fell apart and I didn't get the happy ending, I was just expecting like, wait a minute, is any of this really true? There were seasons where as I was really just dealing with the fact that I'd been in a Christian cult and that these things that I believed about God and Christianity and myself and in marriage and parenting, like maybe this wasn't really true. And you're having to deal with that kind of stuff and really rethink. That was when my my son was a baby. I was just wrestling with this, this as I started to blog and I started to think about this. Like it was a really time of big wrestling and just trying to figure out what I really believed. And then five years ago, when our church situation just fell apart. Like, I definitely did a lot of deconstruction at that point in time, just wondering about church and evangelical church and my own pharisaical heart that I suddenly was revealed to me as I watched how I was treated and just saw how I had treated others in the past. And I had to question things. I've questioned a lot over the years. I've rethought my stance on the LGBTQI community, and I've rethought my stance on women in leadership, and I've rethought the church and what it means to even be a Christian and to follow Jesus and who God is. like These are all things that I have wrestled with over and over again. And that is healthy. That is good. It is good to lose your faith. It is good to question and doubt. It is good to wonder and discover for yourself, what do I really believe? And why do I believe it? Because someone told me or because I truly believe this, because I've experienced this to be true, because I have dug into scripture and found out for myself, no, this is what I believe. And so I just want to encourage you guys, don't declare war on anything. Don't shun people and reject them. It is literally possible to have firm beliefs about things and yet love people who are completely opposite from you. It is fully possible to accept them, to welcome them, to use their pronouns, to love them, and still have different beliefs than they have. Legitimately fully possible, you guys. 
Guys, my desire at heart is for the world to see Jesus, to experience him for who he is, to let him love them the way he does, to accept his forgiveness and his grace. One of the questions at church today was, how could Jesus have fulfilled the law and also forgiven the woman at the same time? And the Pharisees are wondering that, like, wait, how, what? And it's because he was about to fulfill it. Like he was legit about to die a gruesome, horrible death so that she could be free, so that she could be forgiven. And guys, that's every single one of us. Jesus died to pay for the sins of the world, which is not a popular thought in progressive Christianity, but I still definitely believe that. He came to die, and he died, and then he rose again, and everybody in the entire world can have forgiveness if they will just accept his free gift. And with forgiveness comes restoration. It comes a relationship with God. It comes with the Holy Spirit beginning a work in your heart and transforming you into the person you were supposed to be before sin entered the world and we all got broken and screwed up. Like, that's the good news, guys. That is the good news, that Jesus made a way for us to be in a relationship with our Creator and that He's going to be fixing us and fixing this world and everything is going to be okay. Not about behaviors, not about following rules, not about religion, not about stuff. It's about Jesus. And so my prayer is that your destruction will, your destruction. (laughs) And so my prayer is that your deconstruction, your thoughts, your questions, your wonderings, your doubts will bring you face to face with this crazy man who just blew everybody's expectations up and was nothing like we expected him to be and yet was God. This being that sent his very spirit to be with us, to be one with us again, to be working in us and through us and meeting all of the desires of our hearts, loving us and giving us wisdom. And yeah, it's a crazy story, but I really think it's all true. And I want you to find it, guys. I want you to find it. And evangelical church, I want you to wake up. Wake up, open your eyes, and realize that you are the Pharisees and you are missing Jesus. You are holding the traditions of men higher than the commandment of God, and you are missing it. Holy Spirit, wake us up. Let us see you for who you really are. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.